0: Groovaholics, welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, birthed by a love of music. We're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy. groovy.
1: What's going on, Groovaholics? Episode 97. Holy crap. I have Dave of Stuart Podasso Radio on the show. He has over 300 podcast episodes in his bout. Has had a show for almost 15 years. A 24-7 radio podcast. Award-winning podcast. Um, Ultimately, his show is great. It's very interesting. And that's why him and I talk about a little bit of everything on the show. Comedy. He's got some, some, some I, it's almost inappropriate, but it, I actually think it's hilarious. A lot of great raunchy humor on his show that we played today. We talk about politics. Um, we talk about really just honestly important concepts like how to have compassion for people, um, how to stay open-minded, how to talk through problems how to understand that times change. He talks about how things have been very different and ultimately things that he was saying on his show 10 years ago just don't fly anymore and realizing that they should have never been said and and they should have never flied in the first place. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent now. As you can see, him and I just chatted for a really long time and I'm all riled up. Let's get started with the show. Let's hear some comedy from his show. And then we'll get into the conversation with Dave and I. Hi,
2: I'm Greg. Agway started in 1964 when the Grange League Federation merged with the Eastern States Farmers Exchange. We provided seed and other agricultural products to like-minded farmers and other agrarians for decades. Since the explosion of big, evil agricultural corporations like Monsanto, we've been under some financial stress, but we're still committed to our mission of helping Jane and Joe six-pack. To stay afloat, we've had to diversify. Therefore, Southern States Cooperative is proud to present... Agway, Lawn, Garden, and Gyno. We still continue to provide you with the finest seed, fertilizer, and tools, but we now provide gynecological services as well. From plant food to pap smears, Agway has it all.
0: I had chinch bugs and crabs. I was able to get them both taken care of at the same time. Thank you, Agway. I live in a rural area where there's no Planned Parenthood. Instead of having to drive into the city, I just go to Agway. Now all four of my lips are in tip-top shape.
3: Thank you, Agway.
2: No, thank you. We're ecstatic that we can help with your two lips and your two lips. To find the nearest Agway Lawn, Garden, and Gyno, go online and visit www.plantsandpussy.com or call one 800 my cooch. Agway Lawn, Garden, and Gyno. Selling and servicing hoes all across America.
3: Let's listen
1: to one more.
3: I'm
2: Grant Vandersnatch for Comedo, the County
3: of Monroe Development Association. You've probably seen our signs all over town. These signs show just how involved we are in the local economy. We at Comedo just want to say thank you. Thank you for making up the county revenue lost when we hand out tax breaks to all our friends. Thank you for not bothering us at our public meetings held during the weekday while you're at work, assuming you have a job. Thank you for not worrying your pretty little heads about our not bothering to make sure there's local labor on construction projects. Thank you for not caring about petty nuisances such as worker safety, political contributions of those who get Kamita tax breaks, and job creation targets. How many jobs have we created or retained? We're Kamita. That's none of your fucking business. So thank you for trusting us with all your corporate welfare needs. Now and until there's nothing left to pick from your bones... Kamido, it's none
1: of your fucking business. Dave, we're we're officially live. Awesome. Hey. I I really hope people are wondering what the (laughs) heck they just heard.
2: I made those and I wonder.
1: (laughs) Uh, I want to welcome everyone to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live local regional music, interviews, events, all kinds of culture from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding area. I am here with Dave from Stuart Badasso Radio, and yeah, it's it's good to have you here. How you doing today, Dave?
2: I'm doing really well. I I really appreciate you having me on. It was an awesome email, just out of the blue, and you said, "Hey, you do well, you do a podcast? Why don't you come on mine?" I was like, "Sweet, that was a great idea." I'm glad yeah. to be here.
1: I'm, I'm happy to have you, and we started off with a couple comedic bits. Uh, bits. Uh, ultimately, to my understanding, you used to have a podcast, award-winning, hundreds of episodes. Now you've got a 24-7 radio show. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So so tell us about Stuart Bedosso Radio.
2: Sure. Well, the, the, the podcast is still, still going. Um, so what happened back in, I guess it was late 2006, pod, I know that's a long time ago um podcasts were just getting going and it's a, a just you know where things that i had done in the past uh some college radio and and then community radio well actually i hadn't gotten into that yet um and just I'm hearing about these there's these things called podcasts and so i kind of we our first one was in january of 2007 and over the years uh Friends have come and gone, and I've moved once. I've lived in Hawaii for a couple of years and had a different co-host. And the podcast is, for the most part, been almost every week, and they're still all online for anyone to listen to. If you you know, break both your legs and you can't go anywhere, you're more than welcome to listen to the day's worth of podcasts there. And we still do it just about every week. There was a year um, we took off for while I was working on a different project, but um, other than that, we we did one last Friday. Well, we should be doing one again this Friday. And uh, it's just something it's, it started off as a good excuse to get some creative juices going and drink beer. That's we, there's usually some kind of podcast juice going, you know, that's a little (laughs) little bit more interesting for us. I mean, if you listen to it and think, boy, this is really not that interesting. We're having fun. So that's kind of, you know, I'm sure like where you are, man, it it, would, Long as you're having fun, this it'll keep going out, right?
1: I do one of one of my favorite parts of the week. I'm launching a second podcast because of it, and it it's definitely just out of enjoyment above anything else. And if someone laughs, if someone cries, if they get value, that's even better.
2: Yeah, and then so I dipped into a few years back. The FCC opened up um, the bandwidth for terrestrial radio for small, low powered FM stations to, to happen. And with a couple other guys, we started one of the local stations. Um, I'll say which one, but we can get into that in a second too. So with these other people, I helped start Rochester free radio and I was in that for years. It took years to get going and being on, I was a part of the station for a year and was there every day and just burned myself out. And, um, they wanted the station to go one direction i wanted to go another and so i kind of went yeah that's good i think i'm done i'm not going to do that anymore and my understanding the station's still going in the direction those other guys wanted to and that's fine but i still kind of had that itch cuz like i said it in college radio and and when i the time i lived in hawaii i was doing community radio there so internet radio's all the rage and so i just looked into it and um found the platform where it works. And so all, it'll be, it was January 1st of this year. Um, mm. Stuart Podestero Radio went live. It's 24 seven. It's all, it's generally automated. Um, some of it's random. I let the platform where I use live 365, uh, but we also have some talk shows on there and that I program with some music and some of the bits you hear tonight, those are in there as well. And so you never know when they're getting it played. And we, when Melissa and I, my co-host of the Stuart Badasso show, when we record our podcast, that's one of the shows that's played on the radio station as well. So.
1: Love it. Love it. How do you, how do you get people on your station? You know, uh, what can we look for? And if someone's interested, how do they get on?
2: Well, it's, uh, dot That's symbol. I mean, that has the, all the podcasts as well as the radio station. You can get to the player, um, we're listed in all in a lot like every directory I could find. Um, the station's not on Spotify, but the podcast is. Um, and the goal, because I I I've been involved in activism more than uh, longer than I have been doing podcasts and the station. Um, uh, that that's a part of what this, all of both is about, and the, most of the music that's played and all of the talk shows, for the most part. Have something to do with changing the world for the better and um, it is stuff that's not relatively mainstream um, mm-hmm. you might see like Laura Flanders just started on PBS now and you know we've heard of Ralph Nader but a lot of people don't listen to him and he's not on regular radio stations and uh, Lee camp who I was one of the people that when you anybody was in town and to see him when he came into town two three years ago I helped bring him into town. Um, so to his podcast and just stuff like that to get news and information out that you don't normally hear on uh mainstream media. And, um, and then the music needs to have some kind of change the world kind of thing, not necessarily all feel good. Mm-hmm. Let's all just big hug kumbaya kind of thing. Some of it's there's some punk on there and some hip hop and and but jazz and straight out rock and it's really all over the place. So, um, takes all the things that I'm into and just throws it up on the internet. I
1: love, cool. I love it. I love And, and I mean, you start, you start almost 15 years ago, you know, drinking beers, just having a good time. People yeah. don't really even know what a podcast is nowadays. It sounds like you have developed a little bit more where your why is larger. You want to make an impact. Yeah. Um, you, you want to serve as an activist. Um, what, what ultimately inspires you? Why is that a passion of yours? Has there moments in your life or times that you were like, listen, I have a voice, I have a podcast, I have a radio show. It's my duty to do dot, 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 you know, uh, what, a?
2: I don't know about duty. I, I know mm. even back in the early days, um, when it, when it was definitely a little more, uh, less focused on current events, we still worked it in. I mean, it still got in there and even, and always the bits um, generally had some kind of, you know, social justice kind of thing, even the silly ones. I mean, you can, you can pick apart egg, lawn, garden, and gyno and, you know, it's talking about reproductive health, right? Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And there's some, you know, really great lines in that, but um, you know, it's also making a statement about women's reproductive health. So just trying to work those things in. You can beef weed. I, I honestly, seriously, Ben, I don't remember which bits I sent you. Um, there's a series of ones um, of a, a traveling uh, military surplus arms dealer, who's in a van traveling around <laughs> Rochester, selling from the back of his van. But I mean, there's stuff in there that has to do with defunding the police. And this was even before that concept of defunding the police was a thing.
1: And, sure.
2: and militarization of the police but it's really silly. And um, I told, I told a friend of mine um, who didn't realize, I mean, you really have to be in this to realize it. The name of that character is actually just the name of a pitcher in the Detroit Tigers organization. (laughs) At least I think he's still in the Tigers. I just heard his name and thought it was funny and thought, man, I got to use this for a bit someday. So (laughs) that was a tangent, but yeah. So there's always been an element of, uh, social justice in all of the things that I do. I mean, I, I, I can't. I think I'm good now. I think I've been cured of this. But I like. I haven't been able to stop running for office locally. I've done. I've done it four times in the since um, the 2000s, and I've run other campaigns and I've worked on campaigns. Uh, I've as a part of the Police Accountability Board Alliance and some education groups, and just the world needs to change, and I just. I haven't fixed it all yet, Ben. I'm really behind schedule. I need to fix all of this. And it's just not working the way I'd planned. So yeah, I can't, you know, I met my wife at a protest. Mm. So she knew what she was getting into.
1: That's awesome. That's great. No, and, and con- good luck fixing everything. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll congratulate you when you, you've you completed the task.
2: Man, I'm getting old, man. I better, I better step up my game because I don't know much more time I got left.
1: Isn't there isn't there a beauty in the fact though that you're documenting a lot of this process so you know you can impact younger people you can pass it down I like to joke that you know we'll put this in a time capsule somewhere and five hundred well, thousand five hundred thousand that's ambitious five thousand years from now when the aliens they're gonna be like oh that that Stuart Badasso guy uh, who the uh, you're not Stuart Badasso, though, are you? No, there's –
2: okay, so there's – we we actually – so here's what – I'll tell you where the name came from, okay? And then, and then if you go to the website or Facebook page or, or the Facebook group or there's a Facebook profile for Stuart, um, you'll see some graphics there. And if you go really back in the day, there's actually somebody's picture. So we came up with the name first, the Stuart Badasso Show for the podcast, and then we actually did our first show – And we were still, there was beer left, so we were hanging around and we just started talking. So, what should Stuart look like? You know, we'll try to figure some way to get a graphical representation. And as we started throwing ideas together, you know, he's got to look like this. He's got to have like this poofy kind of hair and maybe a porn stash or something like that. (laughs) It was like, oh my God, like one of my best friends, high school, senior high school yearbook pictures. That's him. <laughs> got the yearbook and we all started laughing. Yeah, that's him. And so we scanned the picture and that was it. And we started putting it on the internet. Now this is 2007. We put it on our MySpace page.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, cause we were jamming on MySpace and, um, it was about a month in. I was like, man, maybe we should tell this guy we're using his picture. <laughs> and so I called him cause he doesn't live in town anymore. And I explained to him you know, what we did and he's he's one of my best friends, and he was like, "Is my name on it?" I was like, "No." He's like, "Fine, whatever." And then I don't know, a few years back, not going to now. Um, a friend of mine who's a graphic designer, I was like, "You know, we really got to get rid of this guy's picture." So I hired her to come up with a more character kind of cartoon for it, and it it still looks kind of like the picture a little bit, but it, there's a little modification. But he's still got the cheesy stash and the weird hair, and um, it still works out. So the name. Stuart Badasso came from when I was in uh, college to become a teacher. Yes, I work with children um, and and I know i don't bring that stuff just to <laughs> class and
1: uh, do i need to do I need to call some parents
2: no 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 i've had students not for this reason not for Stuart Badasso stuff, but I have had students look at me and go, "Who hired you? <laughs> just I teach the way kids learn and We they're not used to that, and neither are administrators. So I don't care about standardized tests. And Mm -hmm. so when you teach to the way kids learn, they're just they get so out of their element, and so they wonder who the hell hired you? You Why haven't they fired you yet? Kind of thing. So anyway, um, a guy I worked with, I worked at Hillside Children's Center doing overnights, and one of the guys I worked with this amazing guy. He's no, he's not alive anymore. And he was just this sweet old guy who was into movies and media and, and all. he was always sharing stuff with me. In fact, one of my favorite songs of all time, I'm not even into this music, but it's such a great song, an old Roy Rogers tune, um, Cleaning My Rifle and Dreaming of You. Mm. It's just such a – it's a two-minute – it's so – it's such an amazingly great song. It, it will stick in your head. Anyway, um, he comes in one night and he's to work and he's like, hey – I got a name for you, cause you know you do all you know. I uh, Chuck Wagon, Ben Gay, uh, the Dover Twins, I lean in, bend over, you know all those. We just get, when you're <laughs> bored working overnights, you gotta find something to do. And I was like, all right, what do you got? And it was stupid asshole, right? Oh, so okay. It took me a second. Like if you say it fast, you get it's Stupid asshole, right? So so when I decided I needed a name years later, I needed a name for this show. For some reason, my brain just immediately went back to that one night, like years ago. Stupid
1: asshole.
2: And I was like, well, I don't want to make it that obvious. Let's just go with Stuart. Mm. And it's Stuart, but And I've had one person literally get it from Stuart. When anybody keeps asking me about it, I go, okay, his friends call him Stu. And then it takes another 10 seconds, and finally they're like, right. But I've had one person actually get it right from from Stuart. So there's no actual... Stuart, I'm, I'm. I'm. A trade secret here. It's you. You have an exclusive on, on the Groovecast. Um, but, I'm
1: curious. Um, have you ever Googled him?
2: Oh yeah. Oh, of course I do. I would a Google. And, and, oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> you're you're looking for him.
2: Oh yeah. I, I mean, all the Bedassos. I'm trying to. I'm finding that in the Middle East, there seem pedasso seems to be actually Northern Africa. Bedasso seems to be a name, a last name. Hmm. I haven't many Stuarts, but.
1: Interesting. Yeah. It, it reminds me, uh, it took me probably 15 years of watching The Simpsons to realize that Mrs. Crabapple is Mrs. Crabapple.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No. Things like that. You know, uh, th- that's funny, though. You got a Google alert going. We're going to find Stuart. Stuart, if you're watching the show, we see that you're watching. Yeah. Reach out to us. Do you have a call in number? Do people call into the show?
2: Uh, no, we had a we had a Google Voice number where people could leave messages, but that didn't get used very much, so it just kind of faded away. Thinking about bringing it back, but look, I'll be honest with you: we are not the most listened to podcast in the world, and that's like I, like we were talking about before this. It's an excuse for me and friends. Or, well, since the pandemic, not as many friends, but just friends to get together and talk and have a good time, or talk about. And lately, as we're getting older, talk about serious stuff. The ongoing thing that we commiserate about is. Back in the day, we used to we used to review sex toys um, through uh, uh, Babeland, and <laughs> now we talk about gardening and how our tomatoes are. <laughs> that's you know every once in a while we'll mix it in and we'll get spicy again. But it's but you know we while we seem to be a little older and a little bit more serious, we can still be silly on occasion. And that's really the it's just if nobody listens, whatever we're having fun. Um, and that's really that all that matters. We hope people listen and they get something out of it or just it's something to waste an hour a week with or go to the radio station and listen to what I think is some really good music from just about every genre there is. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, almost. But um, yeah, you get something out of it that's great if you know not that many people listen to it. I'm, as long as I'm enjoying it, we're going to keep doing it. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you said, you, I'm paraphrasing, you're not the most listened to podcast in the world. Well, I mean, not everyone can compete with Joe Rogan, but I mean, you can be, you know, Joe Rogan, Stuart Pedasso, we Rochester Groovecast. Joe Joe you were here before.
2: Joe Rogan, Mark Maron, all those, all those clowns. They're they're copying off of us. We were here first.
1: You know, and, and you'll grow. I'll tell you, my podcast has grown. I was looking. Meters. I was looking at the metrics the other day. There's only seven people. It used to be two. For some reason five dropped off. I think that they were out early or something, but only seven people.
2: They won't allow the internet at the nursing home.
1: Only seven people in a small village in Somalia hasn't heard of the podcast. Nice. And other than that, I, I think we've got like five billion people listening. Um, so it was, I had a great dream last night, um, that the actual metrics are probably like a few hundred, but that's beside the point. Um, when it, so it's you and a co-host. Yeah. It started off
2: with, uh, three other people. And then when I moved to Hawaii for a couple of years, I met someone there and she was doing it with me and then I moved back. During the recession of two thousand eight, didn't have a job, and um, Melissa. I can say this. She, Melissa works at Parkley for those people oh, who live in yeah. know what that is. Um, and I was in there looking for something and bumped into her, and just like, hey, I'm doing this podcast again. You want to come on on Saturday? And she never left, <laughs> which was I don't know eight years ago, which was which is really cool. And she's been my co-host ever since. And we've had a third person. Come in for a while, but they don't tend to stay too long, just because they got lives and stuff to do, you know. But we kind of don't have lives, so we're there every weekend, pretty
1: much. <laughs> and, um,
2: yeah, uh, yeah. So lately, for the last seven, eight years, it's been Melissa and me.
1: You guys are the co-hosts, but you have guests come on. You have groups of guests, all sorts of stuff, you know. Yeah. Give us uh, maybe an example, or just um, some times where you had brought guests on. Who did you have on? How was the experience? What did you talk about? What what can we expect from the show?
2: Um, like I said, hasn't there hasn't been too much lately? Uh, always, you know, our friends. Rough time of year, yeah. Interesting and funny, and if you're in Rochester, you may know them. I mean, it's usually sometimes it's people who uh, I mean I'm going to throw a name out who's probably the most locally famous person. You know, uh, Brian White, who. Uh, works as a better a bartender around town and he's currently, I believe part-time at Dickie's doing other things as well. Uh, I don't know. He just seems to know everybody dude. Um, but we've also done, we've reached out in using Skype, um, try to get some people haven't really gone for super famous people. If there's a musician who mm-hmm. I like, uh, reached out to who most people don't, and I'll drop names. But again, I don't know who's going to know who they are. Um, I one of my favorite, who we've had on a couple times, is a, a a singer, jazz singer named Kelly Gray, who is just an amazing person. I love her music, and the fact that I had her on the show made me happy. So I hope other people listen to it. Mm-hmm. Happy. Um, um, a guy name who just goes by his first name. I guess he's like Madonna, uh, Milton, whose albums I really like he's out in new york city almost nobody knows who's he who he is but we loved having him on the show um before they got a little bit bigger they were just starting to come out that we had the uh both lewis and um uh kelly from the dolly rots that was pretty fun actually i flirted shamelessly with lewis and him <laughs> very uncomfortable it was actually fun was <laughs> I don't think either one of us are gay, but it was just fun to do um, with a total stranger. And, uh, you know, just like that. And again, friends, I haven't taken advantage of technology to reach out too much to folks who are not here in Rochester, who aren't friends, only because, honestly, just be, I would, we would probably have more listeners if this was the only thing I did other than my job. Mm-hmm. Oh, and saw my family on occasion. Um, but, You know, I'm always, I have my hand in like a million things again, back to trying to change the world. And I just, I'm not gonna say I don't put any time into the show or the station, but it is limited. It's, I I don't do well focusing on just one thing. And so, yeah, we could probably get more listeners. Um, if I did that, if I was able to have that kind of attention span, but there's just too many things to do. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, there's, especially these days, there's not a lot of planning. I text Melissa on Thursdays, usual time. Yeah, okay. Or we adjust it as we need to. And, you know, just kind of wing it that way. If I can text someone and say, hey, you want to come on, pop on Zoom and come on the show? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And um, the bits you heard at the beginning, and we have, I know we have some more. I haven't been writing too much. My brain's just been, um, you know, there's a lot of things happening, a lot of crises happening. And that's where my brain's been. And I've discovered, especially in the past two years, that it's hard to write comedy when you're thinking about the Mm. world blowing up. (laughs) It really is. At least for me, it is. Some people seem to be able to do it anyway. But, you know, when I'm thinking about, uh, well, as you can tell by my background and stuff, if I'm trying to save the Green Party in New York State, I'm trying to help. And when my mind's on that, it's hard to write a funny, I got notes, I got Post-its all over the place with notes. Someday they're going to get written, but, you know, it's hard to do that. And I'm going to be honest with you, Ben, I have no idea what the original question was.
1: Hey, we were just asking about times on the podcast what to expect. And to be honest, you're answering the question because the, the way I see it is labor of love something you guys enjoy yeah. something you're passionate about doing but it's not the only thing you do. And you know a lot of things in life have a agenda. You see it so often you see podcasts with an agenda you see radio shows um, with an agenda with a script you know, everything is basically kind of rigid. When I say everything, not everything but it's common. If you want to reach the highest audience, you're looking at demographics. If you want to pull out a certain kind of message, you need to kind of sculpt it and and make sure the message is coming out properly. But one thing I like to do with this show is just have conversations. Yeah, It sounds like that's pretty much what you've been doing the entire time. And it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. You're not going to have 5 billion listeners, but if you're enjoying it and uh, you're making a difference and the people that listen are enjoying it, you know, if, if you can impact just a few people in just a few hours a week, that's a win. But it sounds like you're you're super engaged in, in more than just the podcast. Right. You're looking to make an impact. Yeah, um, and
2: I try to bring that stuff to the show to some point. I mean, I don't... If you really get me going, like to the end of the show when we've had a few beers, I might get the soapbox does come out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um,
1: by the way, I got to drink some of this beer. I haven't been drinking any beer. Yeah, day.
2: I've been. I'm not so um, it's there. I, I mean, it is especially more these days. Um, but I am. We are cognizant that you know we try to be funny as well, and I try do try to put it in. You know. Try to get some perspective that, you know, see, so you can see some kind of light that up ahead and, you know, something that makes people laugh at some point, hopefully. And, you know, some shows are more than other, funnier than others, even today, even these days. And um, the format has kind of changed. We used to play at music breaks, you know, like you do. Um, and that just when the, especially when the radio station started, I just let that go over the music stuff that I enjoy I let that be the, the, my outlet for that. Right. So we don't do that too much anymore. I don't cut it in half. Um, I have to actually, I have to cut in half if we go over like 50 minutes for the, for the radio station. Cause I have to do commercials. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. here's a plug. If I, we get enough people to sponsor us on Patreon, then we can go ad free on the, the podcast is ad free. though. radio station isn't though. Um, but, we just run through, and then I always tack on one of our bits at the end of the podcast, and they play all throughout the day in the radio station. but um so, yeah, we do try to keep it we try to have funny elements to it, but you know life's not always funny, and you know, and there's gardening to do.
1: <laughs> hey,
2: I have to talk about my hose
1: so the this cue of clips is completely random. Oh, so yeah. I didn't place them in any good order, but oh, next yeah. one in line, it says, duchestery. just do, do That's a hard word. Douch- Douch- douche
2: all, all, all the bad takes came from, was trying to say that. And I think I was the only <laughs> one had to say that. Um, it just back in the, in my, in my family, they, they were big on doing the, you know, spit on a swab and send it to find out where you've been. Mm-hmm. Um, and just from that, the idea came out. There's ancestry.com,
4: yeah. and
2: you know, and one of the things that we haven't done on the show yet, I've been meaning to do this as a show, is um, I want to get specific people, and I have them already in mind. And actually, I asked them these are the people I want to come, Rochester people to come on the show because they're people who I think are the funniest people I've ever met, and um, I wanted to have a whole show of just brainstorming what are appropriate ways to insult people these days because because mm. there's certain words you're not supposed to use anymore and that's sure. fine I, I agree look if you go back and listen to some of our old shows there may be an occasion in fact melissa and i ran into a problem a few months ago about an old show of ours um where we well i'll, I'll say we <laughs> uh used you know a type of language in a intellectual context, but it was still using a word she shouldn't have used. Sure. Oh, I gave it away. Um, and, um, (laughs) and so someone found the old show and it's still there and called us out on it. And so we took time on the recent show and talked about it and why it was wrong and how we've changed and that's going to happen. So, um, so anyway, one of the, ones insults you can still use i believe unless somebody tells me different is calling someone a douchebag or a douche and those two things just smushed in my head and ancestry.com and you got douche and it just smushed together for doucheestry.com
1: doucheestry.com
2: yep and then of three different things Wh- which one did i send you is it becky i hope it's becky it,
1: it's becky uh, here because
2: the the last line is so good and and Melissa just totally did this the way she said it just no direction totally did it on her own it still makes me smile it...
1: let's listen to it
2: hi I'm Becky all my friends on Facebook seem to
0: be racist every time I post something that says all lives matter they either unfriend me or post really horrible things about my mother mating with a great Dane well I know I'm not Danish but I wanted to know just where I'm from Even though it doesn't really matter because we're all the same inside. So I logged on to doucheestury.com. Then I sent in a sample of my dead skin under my armpit and $250. Know what? I was right. I'm not Danish. But I did find out that I'm a douchebag.
2: You're welcome, Becky. At first, no one believes they're a douchebag. But our exhaustive DNA tests have proven for thousands that sometimes your culture, ethnicity, and upbringing don't mean a thing. Sometimes you're just a douchebag. So log on to douchehistory.com today, and for a limited time, create a username with the number 69 in it and get 20% off our raging fucking douchebag test. Douchehistory.com, because you should know what the rest of us already know. Right, Becky?
0: That's right. Hey, you sound white.
2: Douchehistory.com, for all the Beckys out there.
0: You're listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast, and mark our page as see first to keep in touch with everything new. Now, back to the show.
1: You kill me. But... <laughs>
2: and so just, you know, <laughs> one of the things, look, the podcast is fun, but I'll be honest with you, getting people in a room and making these, is really fun we've we found out drink after (laughs) we found that out the hard way early on but just making them is really really fun to do and um sometimes we just do the you know i got to put you know the music background and i might have to do some editing kind of just uh, the timing wise but generally we just have fun doing it and um uh, the sit like sometimes if i have a specific thing in mind and I'll wear somebody out. The uh, Rich Honkies ads. Uh, actually, that was Brian White. Um, rich
1: Rich Honkeys.
2: Yeah, br- I, th- I must have given you a Rich Honkies ad. Um, that,
1: oh yeah, Rich Honkies uh, loves the gay.
2: Yes, that's my favorite one too uh, of of them. If we I wanted and this I can use these ever since. I can use the they're good every year for every election. Um, he never says what he's running for, <laughs> but, you know, but it's always you've always voted for rich honkies and you should vote for rich honkies this year. And when you think about it, that's what we do. We wrote, we vote for rich honkies and that's, it just fits so perfectly. And, uh, but Brian came in he said, yeah, I'll do a bit for you. And I had like six of them written. I'm like, have a seat and get comfortable, bro. Cause we got some work to do. And they're just, they're fun. And it's, it's probably, and I miss it with, with, the pandemic we can't get together anymore right the show on zoom like like you're doing and um but just getting around and just having people who have no background in acting or comedy or whatever mm-hmm. and some of our older ones with some friends with some other friends they sound like it's you know you did it in your basement kind of thing and it's <laughs> totally fine i'm not trying to sound like saturday night live or we're just having fun and it really is enjoyable to do it there's bits that i still have they might even be in the queue in the radio station. That you know, not the funniest things in the world, but they're my friends, and so it's fun to put them on, and they're not offensive. So, I, hey, it,
1: it, it doesn't have to sound like a radio ad, but these yeah. these do sound pretty. A couple, for example, the Agway that we started yeah. with. Yeah. At first, I'm like, what am I listening to? This yeah. this it sounds like a radio commercial, yeah. and then it takes a turn for the worst, and. Right. um that's part of the satire in it, right?
2: Well, yeah, and then my background in college radio, I mean, I did get not totally in trouble, but I mean, I, there were times where I had to get a talking to for stuff I tried on the air. I mean, not really serious, but, you know, just I get the look. Dave, no, don't, no, we don't do that here. Um, but I got to play around in uh, – in the production room when it was reel to reel tape and I got to cut ta- now when to sound really old, you know, I got to cut reel to reel tape mm-hmm. and splice it together. And I was doing bits early, way before a podcast for other things I was creating bits with using a double cassette deck and, and a turntable and mixing stuff that way. And just, you know, it's like evil scientist in a lab kind of thing. And it was just goofy stuff. And most of those bits from back in the day, man, nobody needs to hear those but they you know it was it was fun when we were doing it i like to think the things we do now stand up better over time but it's just fun and you know if you go back and listen to a couple of them they're cringeworthy
0: mm-hmm. you know
2: oh you, you said that ooh
1: how do you feel about that on a personal level to the fact that a lot of things that were said 20 years ago mm-hmm. by no means are acceptable today.
0: Right.
2: It's growth. It's, it's personal growth and it's the way society is getting better. And I know folks get frustrated and, Oh, that's politically correct. And politically correct really means that you won't take the time to think about, you know, that might hurt somebody.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or, or that, that doesn't take society in the direction we want it to go. Right. It, It perpetuates stereotypes. And I mean, there was nothing that I can think of anyway, that was like super bad, like us dropping the N word or stuff like that. But uh, actually we were talking about this a few months ago. There's an old bit. I still laugh because of the sound effects. It was really in the thought of this, hmm. but it was, um, and he's not even alive anymore. So it wouldn't be as funny, but um, James Brown in the ice capades. Right. And just my thought about James Brown and ice skates just makes me laugh. Right. Yeah. But the bit was me doing a real like three word imitation of James Brown and that's kind of like audio blackface, right? Not really appropriate for me to do that, I think. So I was talking to my wife about this. I was like, so I had an idea to redo this old Ice skates thing. And instead of James Brown, because he's not alive anymore, what if I did Mike Tyson? And she's like, are you going to do Mike Tyson? And I was going yeah. She goes, no, no, nope, not you. Like, okay, that's fair. Still makes me laugh in my head, Mike Tyson mm-hmm. on ice skates. But I'm not going to be the one imitating Mike Tyson doing audio, so... It, if know, anything,
1: it's okay. that it's a funny meme. It's a funny image. Yeah. It, totally it, it just, is. Look,
2: me on ice skates, actually, me on ice skates would be sad. It wouldn't be funny. But it just... It thinking. My, my thought was, actually, when I first wrote that, it was around the time of Eddie Murphy when he was doing, like, the James <laughs> Brown hot tub party on Saturday Night Live. I'm really aging myself here. But... That's probably what put James Brown into my head. And I've listened to James Brown and I've been listening to him. So his voice and the way he speaks that on ice skates, and all I said it was good God, I can't skate. And then there was like a car crash sound effect and it was cute, you know, something you do in your twenties, but me imitating James Brown back then wasn't a problem. Now James Brown or Mike Tyson, it's not a cool thing to do. And that's totally fine. But Mike Tyson on ice skates is still funny to watch. Sorry.
1: You know I think about standing like
2: Tyson a big huge boxer not oh, anything he, to do with race it's just yeah
1: huge big feet there's no way that this, his feet are going to fit the skates properly whatever uh, just, you know I could see I could see the image
2: large Rob Gronkowski on ice skates or like so I, do,
1: do you know who Yao Ming is yes, he, yes Yeah yes Yao, y- Yao, Ming on Yao ice or, right. or Yao Ming in a race car Right. He's not going to fit in it.
2: Right. So that that was the thought, but stuff like that happens. And like, I'll be honest with you, I'll give you a perfect example. And again, it's, I'm not going to say, I'm not proud of it, but I understand where it was coming from. Back in the day, I used to use the R word. Like, unfortunately, many people do. And it just took over time. No one, no one stepped aside and said, Hey, Dave, we don't. This hurts people. Don't use the R word. No one never said that out loud, so I didn't know any better. And uh, it was in, okay. I'll go off on a non-podcast tangent. So mm-hmm. teaching. I remember when I was in Hawaii and it was middle school, and I um I got a Facebook message from a student from then, and so it was eight ten years after I was there, and she just out of the blue messaged me and said, "Hey, Mr. Adius, I really remember." Um, I just want to tell you that I remembered that time that you changed all of our login passwords um, to because kids were starting to use the R word and some of them were actually using that as their password to log into the computers. So I went in because I had the access. I, was, I went in and I changed all their passwords to this list I had put on the wall of words you can use instead of the R word abominable, you know, stuff like that. So I went in and I changed all their passwords to a word from that list. And then I gave each kid when they came into school that day, here's your new password. You should learn this word. And she just messaged me out of nowhere like 10 years later and saying, anytime anybody uses that word, I make sure I speak up and I tell Mm -hmm. them why it's wrong. And I remember the word you gave me as my password. And I just wanted to thank you. Out of nowhere one night I get this. And so look, you learn stuff as kids i get it the same way as using gay as something bad i don't think that i ever did just because i didn't think it was funny but um i get it and we change over time the the thing is to know is when you get called out on something it's going to be natural to get defensive um but to work through that and go okay what is this person telling me and then changing just because if someone tells you something's hurtful you I, I'm stealing this from a disgraced comedian, but his bit was you don't get to decide if you're an asshole or not. Um, someone tells you you're being an asshole, you're an asshole. Okay. Just figure it out and just grow from it. Um, yeah, I mean, and with how many years, 13, 14 years of podcast, you're going to find stuff. If I go back and listen, it's like oof, nothing really bad. Cause I think overall we're everybody on the show. Nice people. um, there's nothing seriously bad on there, but you always go back and think about things you could have said differently or done differently. Mm-hmm. It's no It's part of being human.
1: Yeah, just to challenge challenge you a little bit, because um, mm-hmm. my 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 motto is compassion, and if I make a mistake and you tell me I made a mistake, I'm going to treat it with compassion, and I expect others to treat me with compassion to look at what was the intention, and not that I make a ton of mistakes, but right. looking at people with compassion and and caring about them as people and looking at their history and getting to know each other so you can understand why someone was hurt and or why someone said something hurtful. And I almost, uh, there's a song, I don't know who it's by, but it it basically goes, I'm sorry for not being more sorry because it was not my fault and at what point is it uh, you know at what point is it just cuz someone is hurt by what you said is what you said a terrible thing because i feel like you're you're almost skirting a line and uh, so i'm just challenging the point of that just cuz someone was offended what happens to comedy if if you can't offend anybody, I mean, I'm Jewish and I tell Jewish jokes about myself all the time. Um, and if you tell me a Jewish joke about me, I won't be offended. However, I've heard a thousand Jewish jokes about me. So maybe I'm just kind of callous or thick skinned and I don't have an answer, or honestly, like a, a solid point here. I'm kind of just thinking out loud. I'm just curious, uh, some of the thoughts on what I just said there.
2: Yeah. Well, a couple things. So one, it, and this is a, uh, uh, thing that's a concept that's been i don't maybe it always has been or i'm just getting awake to it i don't know mm. but the thing about comedy um punching up right is like good comedy goes after people like in that are above you kind of a way you know what i mean that you're not picking on somebody or or mm. even someone of the same kind of social status as you um that good comedy useful comedy is you're going after the elite kind of thing and um and, and I'm not saying everything I've done is, is that, but that's one concept where I think I try to look at these days anyway. And then the second thing, it, it totally is, is, is the context. I mean, look, uh, you, it's um, like if you're not gay and you're not in the gay community, using certain words for gay, you don't do. right. But you go to Pride and you're going to hear people saying certain words right? But if you're straight, that's not for you to say. The N-word is, a, is an interesting discussion and I don't have a dead set opinion on it. I'd love it if the word just went away and we never had to deal with it again, but right. I know that's never going to be the case. Sure. Um, so I listen to conversations and I read things that black people say about the N-word. Any white person, their opinion doesn't matter to me, to be honest with you, because we just shouldn't be saying it. And so, while well, you're talking about, Jew jokes, I, yeah. As a as a fellow, well, I'm Jewish. It's in my background, but I don't, I'm not really into. The, I mean, ethnically, I guess I am.
1: You're um, Jew. You're Jewish. Right. Ish. Yeah. You're Jewish. Ish.
2: Yeah. Yes. And so, I mean, if it were just you and me, right? Yeah, I, I can see where you know we could kind of make those those references together. I wouldn't do it on this show with you because, you know, who's listening then, unfortunately it shouldn't be, but unfortunately it does give people the sense that they have permission then. Well, I heard Ben and Dave saying those words. Hmm. So, you know, and it's just, and again, there's no hundred percent, there's nothing's going to get solved, like totally taken care of. There's always going to be either mistakes or harshness or things like that. We're just human. And, you know, and, and how you, correct somebody the person who called us out on that old show really did it in a shitty way <laughs> to be honest with you it was it was she could have done a way better and we and it would have made most uh, it would have made her a lot less defensive but she did it in a shitty way there's totally better ways to do it
0: hmm.
2: um yeah and it's all in context and you know I, there's no perfect solution you're right like you said and i don't believe as long as we're human and we use language This will always be a thing, but continuing to talk about it and evolve is a good thing.
1: Yeah, and it's true. There's a lot of social bias that if, oh, these people are speaking in this manner, it's okay if I do too. And then suddenly, I mean, whatever you water grows. And if you're feeding and watering something that's a poison to the society and the well-being, that's not a good thing. I, I think about music just being an analogy. Um you look at a band like the Beatles who write a song like Let It Be, you know, when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary talks to me speaking words of wisdom, Let It Be. Uh, Other than maybe objecting to that there's a religious line in the context, really what they're doing is speaking positive words of wisdom. Mm -hmm. A ton of the songs and just the Beatles are a great example of a band, you know, that talks about love, something in the way she moves. And, they don't offend anyone. I've never heard someone say that the Beatles were a voice for Satan or anything negative other than maybe when they came out and all the girls are going crazy cause they're amazing. Um, but they're, they're going to stand the test of time. Their lyrics, their songwriting is going to stand the test of time. They're going to last forever. And when, when there's, bands like uh, little john i mean chris rock does a whole bitch on it but he goes move bitch get out the way that song has already been forgotten the only reason i still know that song is because chris rock made fun of it 10 years ago and i don't think anyone's ever listened to it since but my whole point there is uh, <laughs> unfortunately
2: it was actually a chant a couple of times during the black lives matter protests here in rochester okay I'm just, I'm just saying, it's it's funny that you brought that song up because that's what pops (laughs) in my head. I was like, man, that was a chant at BLM, man. Was
1: was it, was it directed towards the cops? Of course. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. No, absolutely. But I'm sorry. They they just messed with it. Made me think of
1: Oh, and that's another thing, you know, something that, you know, is derogatory. Let's just, let's own it and use it against the people that are Going against us, so I kind of like that it was taken and owned and used. But yeah, it, that that's funny because it's it's a unique line. Um,
2: that one actually made my head kind of go up. It's like, what? Really? That's the, <laughs> the chant we're doing now, huh? Okay. <laughs> hey, the leaders, the leaders say it's okay. All right, let's do it.
1: You know there and there's something real beautiful about community when everybody's on board and enchanting.
2: Get out the way. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it was a Kumbaya moment.
1: So so we digressed a little bit. Yeah. I I kind of want to play this Rich Honkies.
2: Oh yeah, go for it. I love uh, it. I I, I I like I, too. The, I, the well, timing at the end. It's like again, we're not professionals. I mean, Brian's like a guy off the street, a friend of mine, and he came in, and he read this thing and it's just, and then of course, a little bit of editing at the end to make it sound really cut off at the end. You'll see it just, I, it makes me smile. It really does. And that's all, again, the way you do what you do because it entertains you and then you hope other people like it too. So yeah, please do. I love this one.
1: Yeah. I, I'm going to call these breaks, beer breaks. i going to have a sip of beer. Um, No advertisements on the show, but I'm going to add one myself. Mortalis Brewing. This is a passion fruit tangerine pink guava, and I'm like, holy moly. That's busy, man. It's like drinking a smoothie. I'm getting my vitamin C in this beer, so I'm excited about it. So Rich Honkies loves the gay.
4: I'm Rich Honkies and I approve this message. I'm Rich Honkies. I know there have been some Christian voters who have not understood my past acceptance of stem cell research. It's complicated. Sometimes in life, we have to think of the greater good. A politician must be ready to do outrageous and unspeakable things in the name of what he knows is right. And for me, using otherwise unusable medical waste was the sacrifice I was willing to make to get rid of the gay. To me, nothing was more important than research to prevent more of the gay, but things have changed. Last week, my son, Little Rich Honkeys, told my wife, Ophelia, and I that he was gay. It took a lot of courage for Little Rich to come out, but when he told me and I sobered up, I knew that I had to change. So now I no longer need to be conflicted about killing medical waste to stop the gay. I love my son, and I told him that as we shook hands. So now, when you vote for me this November, not only will you have another crusader in the fight against stem cell research, but someone who loves all of God's children, no matter how weird and icky they are wait trans what
1: paid for by money for rich honkies (laughs) paid for by money
2: (laughs) money for rich honkies absolutely that was fun and brian (laughs) i have no problem saying this i know he won't care because he is totally out brian's gay and so i didn't pick him because of that Uh, i picked him because actually brian was uh in the process of thinking of running for office himself And I just, all the things that we agreed, I knew, I knew he would be down with the concept. And so he was kind of like my one person focus group. Is it okay to use this language, Brian? Sure. you okay with it? All right, we're good.
1: So uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, you've ran for political office. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um, two, I was, uh, when I was trying to become a full-time teacher, Back in the 2000s, uh, very frustrated with the way things were, uh, well, it still are, but the way public education is going. So I ran for school board in 2003, and then there was an occasion for a special election the next year, and I ran in 2004. So I ran twice for school board and figured I was done that's it I'm done I'm not running anymore but I worked on other people's campaigns um, I've uh, not his last one just because I was busy myself running for office but I've run uh, two or three of Alex White's campaigns here in town and um, helping other folks like Howie Hawkins who's run for governor of New York I've worked on some presidential campaigns here in town things like that uh, when I was in Hawaii I helped uh, somebody the only non-green campaign I ever worked on was a, a Democratic campaign for state legislature uh somebody i met in hawaii which could be a show all on its own um and i thought i figured i was done and then 2013 we had this i had this idea because all these local offices were up for election and i was like well if i recruit all these people to run on a slate um then i'll run the campaign and I'll run it for all of the candidates. I'll We'll do it as a big group. And someone kept bothering me. No, Dave, you need to do this. And I was like, hmm. all right, fine. I'll run again. Not that I want to. And I was engaged. I was supposed to be getting married that summer. Well, I did. But I'm getting married that summer. But we need to find someone who can run this. And we got somebody to run the campaign. And we got it. And I became a candidate. And I got on the ballot. And like two weeks into this, the guy who was supposed to run the campaign bailed.
1: Wow. Right,
2: so now I'm back not only as a candidate but also running all the campaigns.
0: <laughs>
1: and I got
2: married. My wife let me take a i she let me take a weekend off from the campaign to get married. That was just, again. She knew what she was getting into.
1: Um, That's how you know she's the one.
2: Yeah, right. And um, and then last year, just again, I was just so angry about things about the way the, what was happening with the police and the way our tax money is being used. Oh, so in 2013 that was City Council, and I just the more I find out about the way our local government works, it was just really, I was just done. And I just, so I ran again, um, obviously didn't win. I wouldn't be here talking about com and stuff like that if I was, yeah, you know what? I would actually, yeah. if I was on city council, no, I would still do it.
1: The people scanned eh,
2: come at me. <laughs> this this I'll give you an example. This candidate in Hawaii, we had to have the talk, right? And so we sat down and said, look, this is just you and me. And actually her mom was in the room and she was like 25 um, at the time. It was the first time ever running for office. I was like, but we got to have the talk. We, I got to know what's in your closet. I got to know the skeletons. I'm not going to tell anybody. I just need to be ready in case something gets out. Okay. Not leaving this room, but I just need to have something ready in case somebody wants to try and come at you. And Oh my God, she was so upset and nervous and didn't know what to say. And I'm like, Look, this is, uh, again, I think you can trust me. We know each other now, and I'm not going. And, like, her big thing was when she was in college for a while, she dated a woman. It was so cute. And I'm like, really? That's it? That's the worst thing you got? And they were like, look at me, like, you could handle that? I was like, oh, my God, I dare someone to come after you with that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like, oh, my God, I could turn that so many ways. It it was just, um, so, uh, you. It's just like the way things are, I just, I would still do this. I don't know if I'd have time. It'd be more of a time thing. And actually the year we took off was because I was working on another project. It's just if I have time and what's that priority. So if I were to get elected anything, although really, I'm, I'm not going to say I totally mean it. I really do not see myself running again. Hmm. Um, I put so much into it last year. I mean, I, I didn't, I really didn't see my family and I got my ass kicked like hard um
1: I, I as tried, kick in in the polls or yeah. just politically I mean. well
2: no no oh no it's like all the stuff i did at the uh forums and online was awesome i mean it perfect was pretty, but no the vote count yeah i right. just i tried things differently as someone who's run a campaign i i some things i've always wanted to try but the candidates wouldn't let me i tried i was like all right i'm gonna be the guinea pig on this and um yeah, they didn't work.
1: <laughs> What's an example of that, you know, a failure that that came uh, along?
2: Or maybe it's just the first time I tried things and didn't work enough. Um, yeah. Really using some online research to try and target people online. Um, not worrying about if you have – well, not – look, this is different because you got to think this is a Green Party campaign. Right. And there's so many people who are like, man, I'd vote for green if you guys would just win. It's like well, we're not going to win if you don't vote for the greens, kind of thing. And it, and this is cyclical thing every year, the the presidential election, same thing every four years.
1: Constant Just struggle. Just not
2: this year. Like I've been hearing that since '96 when Nader ran. Just not this year. There's always the big, the biggest boogeyman. This is always the most important election of our lifetime. Every mm-hmm. it, it always is every time. And so. It's just going up again and then the system set up where green oh I got a new argument of all with all groups of the, the League of women voters they, they they wouldn't let they oh God they apparently a green candidate doesn't really count so if there's only one Democrat or Republican candidate, they won't have a community forum on it so if it's a Democrat and a green, they won't do a forum. And they canceled our forum. And I get into this shouting ma- – not real shouting match, but this argument with the League of Voters. Right. Like no one in that's below 70 years old or something. And I'm like getting into this argument with these wonderful, civic-minded older women because they wouldn't have a candidate forum for a city council. It was just kind of cr- – and that's the kind of goofy stuff. If mm. you run as a green, you got to go up against. And so trying to get around those things of – Weekly YouTube videos as opposed to, you know, not like all I I didn't go after volunteers. I didn't have things for volunteers to do because it was, excuse me, it was so time consuming dealing with the volunteers that I wasn't able to get things done. So I said, Mm. I'm just going to go ahead and do this stuff. So I did all the door knocking, which I did every single day except when it was raining and just all these things where I was like, I'm going to do this myself and did some things that were not the usual things you do in a campaign or like I didn't do things you usually do in a campaign. Like I didn't have phone banking in a typical get out the vote kind of thing. And it didn't work. I tried to do a lot of on, uh, online stuff. And while I got good feedback and I've met tons of people and gave me, green, I'm not saying any names, but I got names. There were greens who had my lawn signs who didn't go out and vote. Like, what do you do with that?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> they'll, they'll take They'll put your name in their front yard, and they're willing to go that public, and then they don't get around to vote.
1: <laughs> I, I I can't answer it, but yeah. it, it seems like there is a little bit of people are lethargic on yeah. third parties that, yes. oh, does my vote count? Um, and
2: it's set up that way. It, it, the system it, is set up that way. I, it, I have um, – you can go to com. I think it's linked <laughs> there. I did uh, a blog series, like three – articles about what, why you should vote green. I mean, and, you know, some people are still going to look at it and say, nope, that's not my favorite team. They might agree with everything that the president, that Howie Hawkins is saying, but nope, that's not my team, so I can't. I've had Democrats, when I run for office, say to me, man, I love everything you're running about. It's too bad I can't vote for you. Can't. They think they can't vote for someone who's not in their party. And that's wow. just what we've been trying to run do against. And, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, the Democrats went hard this year, and they they have a new law that's pretty close going to wipe out third parties in New York State. There may not be a Green Party next year in New York. There may not be Working Families, Independence Party. We might all be gone. Oh. Um, you know, I don't well. know. Good luck with that.
1: I mean – Uh, I can tell you just from my perspective, this is by happenstance. When when I first registered to vote, I registered green for two reasons. One, I liked the color. I guess I would say three reasons. One, I, I liked the color. Two, I didn't like politics, so I wanted to go third party. And three, you know, I genuinely care about the environment. So I did actually resonate with the message of the Green Party, but I was very ignorant in my decision in the first place. Um, And I'm open to say publicly, I loved Bernie Sanders. I, I like what he was saying. I agreed with most of what he said. Like a lot of people, I didn't exactly know how we'd get it done, but I liked his leadership and his mentality towards what he was going for. And I was like, where did this guy, where did this Brooklyn Jew come from shaking up the whole election suddenly, like literally like potentially going to win? I'm going to go to the primaries and I'm going to vote for him. And guess what? I couldn't vote for him in the primaries because I needed to change from green mm-hmm. to Democrat by a certain date. That was right. so unusually early and premature yep. that no actual like educated person knows no one educated who genuinely is listening knows who they're going to vote for in like freaking December of the right. primaries. So I couldn't vote, and and then I actually switched from green to Democrat, being like, if I get an opportunity again, I'll vote for. But why? Wh- I understand up. that the general election I can vote for whoever I want. Yeah. Local elections run a little bit differently, but what is with this system that's almost just, you know, making it impossible for a third party to to gain any momentum or traction in that regard.
2: There's no interest. There's no, the, the people in power have no interest in making it easier for third parties. Let me give you an example. Almost nobody knows this. So they say every year how they need people to volunteer to work at the polls, right? But it's a New York state law. You can only, vol- you can only work at the polls if you're a Republican or a Democrat. If you're an independent, or- you're not allowed to.
1: That doesn't even make sense. Aren't the volunteers I- impartial? Per se,
2: nope. They they have and they have it set because they don't trust each other. You have to have the same number of Republicans and Democrats at each polling place. Mm-hmm. They so don't trust each other, and the system's so set up that way that they exclude everybody else, and they got to have the same amount of people in each party at every polling place, just in case somebody does something funny. And, yeah, it's the system is set up that way. Look, if people in third parties, especially the Greens, weren't going around on social media and everywhere else yelling about this, nobody would know that most of the third parties are going to be gone. We need to get 200,000 votes for president in New York State for the Green Party to continue. Um, Biden's up by 30 points. So you can vote for Howie, and your act- your vote's actually going to mean more because it's going to help the Green Party stay alive, as opposed to voting for Biden, who's going to run away with New York State. But nobody that, knows that,
1: this. That's important. And I, I want to kind of put an exclamation point on that. So you're saying that there's a lot of, personally, I'm thinking, should I vote? Like, I know that Biden's going to win New York State. Is does Does my vote even matter? You're telling me that I can go and vote Green, and that'll ultimately allow the party to, thrive and continue to exist so my vote would actually matter more granted let's not take every single democratic vote and make it green but even if five percent of democrats went green that would actually be huge
2: yeah well it's not even well if five percent of the electorate look even independent voters doesn't have to be just democrats it's anybody
1: okay fair
2: um if 5% So if 80,
1: you're Republican your vote doesn't really count as much either cuz we know the Democrats are going to win. I mean, let's let's right. be honest. Democrats win New York. So if you're independent, if you're progressive, if you're Republican, if you're conservative, if you believe in free speech and third party should be allowed, right. you should be voting for a third party.
2: And when you when the party a third party has ballot when anybody has ballot status any party, it makes it infinite infinitely easier to run for office locally. Hmm. So last year, what I had to do to get on the ballot wasn't too tough. I needed to find, I think it was 25 greens. There's not that many greens, right? I had to get petition signatures. So it's easier to find Democrats than it is to find greens. So they need more signatures than we do, but we don't need as many. So I needed 25 greens to sign my petition. I can run. Without ballot status, to run as an independent, I would need thousands of signatures, to run just for city council or school board. So, having the third parties keep their ballot status just means you have more choice in the local elections next year. So, it's not just about this year's election. This allows for the next, well, because of the new law, it would have been four years, but now it's only two years. For the next two years, it allows local people to run for office easier, which is a good thing. You don't like them, you don't vote for them, but at least you have choice. Because mm-hmm. if in the city of Rochester, actually, even in the suburbs, it might be just Republicans, but most off most elections in Monroe County are uncontested. I mean, it's the little ones, and and any, anything in the city, we have a running joke. Actually, if you want, if you like Facebook pages, go to um, write in Julia Vaughn for city court judge. It's my it's my daughter, and for years we encourage people to write in Julia Vaughn for city court judge because they always run unopposed. So even if you wrote in Julia's name, it's not going to hurt anybody's chances of winning. There's <laughs> never opposition to the city court judges. It's just as a goof we did it one year and we just kept the page out. So That's funny. But it's a it's an example of just the way the system is and it's set up to to be this way. I mean, and the Democrats now that they all have the the governor and the both sides of the legislature, the governor puts it in the budget, all the Democrats in both sides and the assembly and the Senate vote for it, and now this new thing about third parties, and we may all be gone next year. Because it's not in their interests to have us around. We're like the little, we keep jabbing them in the toe, going, hey, don't forget about single-payer health care. Hey, don't forget about the environment, when they want to go take corporate donations. So...
1: I'm not inside enough to know, but I don't know. I don't understand how it couldn't be in their interest because it pushes their party to be more progressive and to grow. I'd imagine I could just be completely ignorant, but having third party, having people going against the grain ultimately should revolutionize platforms. It seems like they they don't want that to happen.
2: Well, you, you talked about Bernie. Look what's happening on the national level. They told him what he wanted to hear. And once he signed off and said, everybody vote for Joe Biden, they just kind of kicked him to the curb. Yeah. So, same thing that happened with Hillary. You know, he's – I want – there's I there's, – I don't know if I gave you any of these bits, but I did this satire thing about the um, Cialis and Viagra ads about Bernie. And I used – heard his own clips of like, you know, him saying we have to vote for Hillary Clinton. And if you're a progressive, Hillary doesn't want single-payer. Hillary doesn't want legalized marijuana. Hillary doesn't want, you know, the things Mm -hmm. the progressive wants. And you got Bernie saying all these things up until the primary, through the primary, and then saying, we have to vote for Hillary Clinton. And so I just made a satire thing of, you know, when you lose your Bernie erection, and then the clips of him saying, we have to vote for Hillary Clinton.
1: That's the sandagra, right? Oh my
2: God, I give it, I did send it to you?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I was thinking, I was thinking, queuing okay, it yeah. up. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I listened to them one time through, just to make sure they weren't too. <laughs> well, yeah. And and they, and they were on the line. Yeah. But they yeah. passed the test. I love okay. them. All right. So, um, Sandagra. Yeah, this is a good one. It's about a ninety ninety second bit.
2: I can I did two different ones. I don't remember if this is with like one of my best friends or my daughter. I can't remember which one.
1: <laughs> I guess I guess we'll all see we'll live. I find out
2: really quickly, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's check it out.
2: Aligning myself with a political candidate who has solutions is nice, but what every girl wants is to be asked questions. How
3: does the Republican party do so good? What
2: do they stand for? Who are they? But here's the thing. Most of the political candidates who run for office are tied to a corporate political party, including Bernie. Sandagra helps voters with BED get and keep their Bernie
4: erections.
0: I believe in, in Bernie Sanders with every fiber of my being. When you come across something that is so truthful and pure, like, you, you want, you want to hope to God that people, people will see that.
2: And remember, you only take it when you need it.
0: We have got to elect Hillary Clinton
2: and Tim Kaine. Ask your doctor about Sandagra ask your doctor if your heart is healthy enough to put all your trust into one corporate candidate who's been in office for decades do not take sandagra if you vote for independent candidates or get your information from places other than daily coast sandagra may cause an unsafe increase in rationalization effects may include headache flushing upset stomach and abnormal vision to avoid long-term injury seek immediate medical attention if your bernie erection lasts more than four new cycles bernie would have won
1: <laughs> what was the the like over rationalization? The whole symptoms are funny.
2: Yeah, I it's I I have a special thing in my heart for all the the Bernie folks. It's it's there's you can't I, I'm I'm saying this with love. I really am because most of the things that Bernie folks want, I do too. I might want a little bit more of a radical version. Okay, maybe a lot more of a radical version. But generally, we're together on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Not so much foreign policy, but whatever. Um, so uh, you can't, oh my God, I'm going to generalize here. You just can't reason with a lot of these folks. It's a cult thing. It's When you try to say, hey, you know that Green New Deal thing? Howie Hawkins invented that like 15 years ago. And it's actually a better one. Don't want to hear it. They just, it's just Bernie, you know, it's like their favorite football team. And issue wise, I'm relatively okay. I mean, I could swallow stuff and vote for Bernie if there was no green in, but like now that he keeps every primary, he keeps backing off and saying, vote for the corporate Democrat. A few people, some Hmm. have said, okay, I'm done with this, man. He keeps doing this. I'm the greens have what what we'd want anyway, but most people are still right in Bernie Bernie 2024. 20, I'm like, dude, he's gonna be like eighty. Just let the guy rest, will you, for crying out mm. loud? Jeez. There's other people. <laughs> so it's 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 this really love slash bewilderment with the Bernie Sanders folks. It really
1: is. I, I think the, the meme is their they're Bernie bros.
2: Yeah, well, the Bernie bros are, are like really supposed to be mean, I think, if I understood okay. the, the term right.
1: I like, don't understand the term Bernie. Like they'll oh.
2: take a dump on your lawn or something. I don't know.
1: But, you might like, know the term better than me, but when I think Bernie Bros, I just think you know, you know, shirt off at a Bills game. Yeah, Bern- right. But right. that doesn't necessarily mean you're mean. It just means you're just kind of, yeah, uninformly excited.
2: Well, or inform. It's like it's like Okay, you ever you ever meet somebody? I don't know how old you are, Ben, but you ever meet somebody?
1: Twenty nine. Who-
2: Okay, you're still young, but I mean, even younger, let's say a teenager who runs up to you and goes, Oh my God, Ben, I just found out about this new band. They're awesome. I bet you never heard of them. They're awesome. You ever heard of Led Zeppelin? And you kind of go, yeah, they've they've been around forever. And they're like, no, man, you've never heard it because they discovered him for the first time. So like they've discovered, some of these folks have discovered the concept of single payer for the first time and they did it through Bernie. So- for some folks that's the only way it'll fit if it goes through bernie and i get it that's you know there's you can do that with psychological stuff and I'm, whatever That's boring um i don't know what i don't as trying to talk to folks like that who should be voting right now for the only candidate's now i'm now i'm doing stump speeches for the literally the only candidate for president you can vote for who wants single payer um, who wants to reduce the military and use the money for other things who the libertarian does, but she wants to do in a weird way who wants to legalize marijuana. The Republican and Democrats don't, I mean, I don't partake myself, but it should be legalized. Um, all of these progressive things and how he does a great job of spelling it out. But if it's not through Bernie, people won't vote for it. And it's really, it's frustrating personally, but it's really fascinating. Just psychologically. It's really fascinating
1: yeah i don't have say, an explanation okay. i've been so
2: for someone who, oh yeah go ahead
1: i was just thinking um a bernie like character mixed with oh an obama character i'm waiting for that to occur because you know when you are part of a party it's easy to support your party and support the people within it and you know let's say a third party candidate's been saying this for 20 years well yeah. you're you've got the blinders on because you support your party i'm waiting for like an obama level charm to come in with a bernie sanders message as part of the democratic party and i think everyone man woman and child will drop their pants immediately <laughs>
2: well but that would be that would be great um i, I just think it would be that the internal combustion that would happen with all of the uh, with the ties to wall street and the people Hmm. who actually run the party. I mean, it's, I mean, there was that combustion just with Bernie, right. And, and the $27 donors, like the, the hundreds of thousands of $27 donors, Bernie, as opposed to, you know, the millions given by corporations and PACs to the candidates. I mean, that, that could, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way. That could cause actually the Democratic Party to implode, which would mean hopefully a new something else would take over, whether it's the Greens or a different thing. I know there's something called the People's Party that's starting to get started. They're not running anybody this year, but they're starting to organize. But I don't know. I've kind of seen it before with the, the, the Liberal Party in New York State and the the labor party back in the day that never ran anybody. It looks really similar to things like that. That kind of fade away. Um, but it's, so I'm going to tie this together. So that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And that frustration, I do have a little bit of an outlet. I can't be too outlandish with like Sandagra, Um, the, uh, rich honkies. I mean, rich honkies could be some Democrats too. So, Mm -hmm. some um, the, the thing you did with, um, uh, Grand Vandersnatch, which is actually a really fun name to say. Feel free at home, Grand Vandersnatch. You're more than welcome. You're welcome. Um, that thing with Kamita is a Rochester thing, but if you're watching the show or you listen to the podcast or the radio station somewhere else, it's still written in a way where it resonates no matter where you live because almost every town has an industrial development association and every town gives away tax breaks, our money to rich people who don't need it, and it happens everywhere. It's just the names change. That's all. So I do use the podcast and the radio station to kind of just release a little bit of that steam because it gets really frustrating at times.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious. So, I mean, you're not a fan of the two-party system in the first place. So I kind of know, hmm, but I'm still going to ask it because I think it's a curious thought experiment. Um where it's been brought to the table, the concept of having someone who's conservative and someone who's liberal, but both of them relatively moderate, um, but you can't be too far across um, and ultimately electing a situation where one of them is serving as president for four years and the other one serving as vice president. And then after the four years, or maybe it's two and two, they actually swap positions. So the president and the vice president isn't, you know, like two people just fighting against the other two. They actually are required to work together within their party system with the other party to find a moderate way that's going to ultimately be beneficial for both parties and for everyone, which... I think for the most part they try to do anyways. They just turn each stuff, they turn each other against each other just for the attention and to get the votes. But uh, granted, we're talking a two party system, which is already kind of left field from what you believe in. I understand that, but what are your thoughts on the concept? Would something like that ever work to have maybe a green party candidate with a libertarian or or someone very different?
2: So here's the, um, I don't I don't know that that concept is interesting because the Greens and the Libertarians this is my take on it. And True. I some Greens might get mad at me for saying this. But the Greens and the Libertarians have this interesting path that they're on together with certain issues and then they get to a certain point where they definitely go in a different <laughs> directions. Okay. But there are some things where there's a path where we go together. And that's cool. That's actually the way it's supposed to be. So the solu- the a solution to what the scenario you just said or the the a thing that could be that has kind of the same spirit, but it involves more than just two parties, um, two things. And really both of them in tandem would be great. And other countries have this proportional representation. So, and, and that works in a not president kind of way, but like in Congress or a, a city council or a Senate mm-hmm. or something like that. If your party gets 10% of the vote, you get 10% of the seats in a, in a body. And that makes it so that, you know, sometimes when that happens and if the numbers fall right, those parties in power have to come to those small um, parties and make deals with them, not in a sleazy way, but, you know, to get things done because they need that 10% or they need Mm. those two extra seats or something to get things passed. Proportional representation would really help a lot. The other thing, and if you haven't checked this out, this is going to be fascinating check out what's happening in Maine. They, and it took the Republicans and the Democrats in Maine fought this in the courts for years. The public voted for it. Mm. The, 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 the two major corporate parties were fighting this. And finally it just, what they were like, the courts was like, that's it. Your last appeal. This is happening this year. They're using rank choice voting and there's a green, and they're using it for the presidential candidate campaign too, which is amazing. I can't wait to see how that turns out, but um, so there's someone running for Senate. Her name's Lisa Savage, who's a Green. And with ranked choice voting, when you go to vote, you don't vote for just one person. You rank the choices. And if your number one person doesn't get, if doesn't get, doesn't get fifty percent plus one, if someone doesn't get fifty percent plus one, whoever is at the bottom, everybody who voted for that person first gets eliminated, and their vote goes to their second place people. And you just, I hope I'm explaining it okay, because there's better ways to explain it. But it really does a couple things. It allows more candidates to have a chance. There's no such thing as the spoiler effect, because even if you vote for the green you really want, your second vote, your backup can go to the Democrat just in case. Uh, or the other way around, you want to vote for the conservative and, you know, your second vote can go to the Republican, whatever. Um, and it also usually makes the campaigns much nicer in terms of there's not as much negative ads because mm. you don't want to – you're still going for those second place votes. Yeah,
1: that makes sense.
2: Right. And so they found in places that do this that the campaigns, they don't have as much negative ads. Ranked choice voting is amazing. And they're doing it in Maine this year. And I've actually given some money to Lisa Savage a couple times because I'm dying for the Greens to do well in this. So we can say, hey, look, ranked choice voting works. I think it's on the ballot in Massachusetts for them to vote on as a referendum to, to do ranked choice this year. They can vote on it. So I'm hoping it sweeps the country. It's an amazing thing. It would really clean some of this up
1: i I like it. I think not only is it beneficial, it gamifies it a little bit. It makes yeah. it a little bit more fun let yeah. let me Let me put together my rankings and even if I don't get my first choice, I know yeah. I'll get my second kind of thing and It's um,
2: totally easy to to do the counting, even with hundreds of thousands of votes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do programming you know, com- computer program to do the counts. The Green Party does our internal stuff that way. And in New York, it looks beautifully. It's it's really a great way to, to, to do voting.
1: That's awesome. I, I feel enlightened. We've talked about lots of, I didn't know we were going to go this route. I'm happy we did because I've learned well, a lot today. On,
2: usually it does. <laughs> Sorry.
1: No, it's good. We had a little bit of humor. We had a little bit of politics. We had a little bit of my mind getting blown, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. D- Dave, how do people keep in touch with you and your your show? What are the best ways to keep track?
2: Real, there's a Facebook, Twitter, there's a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and that's totally cool. Just B E D A S S O. You do the search, it'll pop up. But StuartBadasso dot com is the website. You can listen to the station. I, oh, real quick thing. If anybody out there knows how to do phone, uh, phone apps. I have been trying to get this thing done for like a year now for the radio station and it's just driving me crazy. And so if anybody out there knows of a way to do it or how to do it or someone who can do it, let's talk. But it's StuartPodasso.com. All the podcasts are there. You can subscribe on iTunes and all the other places you like you subscribe. You subscribe to Rochester Groovecast. You can subscribe to Stuart Padasso uh, the Stuart Padasso show, um, but the website, I mean, you can email me there, all of our social media. Just remember Badasso I mean, you'll get a few people in North Africa, but generally you're going to get Stuart.
4: <laughs>
2: it's all good. It's, it's really the easiest way. You can find all that stuff.
1: And I'm I'm keeping up. I'm waiting for you to get a Google alert that Stuart actually exists.
2: God, if there was, that would that would be great. I hope he doesn't sue.
1: <laughs> can you? Sh- I don't know if you can sue. If it looked... What if it looked exactly like him? That's right. where it would get kind of funky. Well,
2: I'll get my graphic designer to take off his porn stash. That's fine.
1: <laughs> there, There is one additional question that I do ask every guest. Yeah. It's my favorite thought experiment. Um, so imagine there's a billboard on the side of the road. You control the content, and it's huge. So imagine a huge billboard – Maybe so big that the aliens can almost see it. But ultimately, all ages, all genders, all religions, all kinds of people are going to see this billboard. And you have the blessing and the curse that you control the content on it. What would you put on that billboard? And you know why would you choose what you choose?
2: This will be the this will be the place where you edit my my pause, as I think um yeah okay it's a it's a without being have much time to like have drafts and a focus group and stuff um i think i
1: like the way you think though with that yeah
2: i think it's just gonna be i think it would be we're all just trying to get through this life because my first thought was it just to have people stop for a second and think like my my middle school students and i love middle school got it most teachers are terrified of middle school. I love middle school so much. It's so much fun. Um, but uh, it's trying to get them to be mindful, to just take a minute before you yell pancakes in the Zoom meeting for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> just, yeah, th- yeah, first day of school. <laughs> like you just couldn't stop yelling pancakes throughout the whole day. So rather than, than, than do that, just stop for a second and think about what you're going to do, how it affects somebody else. So... But to make that into a one kind of a sentence thing, that that concept is just for everyone to realize that we're all just trying to get through this life. And kind of like what you said, Ben, of, you know, having compassion and just realizing when someone screws up, people are going to screw up. And that we all, you know, I I put a lot of stuff out on Stuart on the podcast about me, but I don't put everything. (laughs) You know, there's definitely stuff I don't need everybody knowing, nothing, you know, illegal or really that bad but still stuff you don't want people you know nobody needs to know but just understanding that we all have those things and we're all just trying to get through this life and even the nastiest jerkiest person in the world the trolls on I mean it I think about this all the time the trolls on the internet somebody raised them (laughs) you know and somebody probably hurt them or something and it just makes me wonder it's still frustrating and I still want them to go away but you know, they those folks have lives, and mm. and just I just I do think about it in a quiet moment their experiences, and I don't know if you can change someone who has certain mindsets that, that are that are hurtful, but just remembering that they're just trying to get through this life too, and maybe they're struggling. Um, you know, now I'm, you really got me going on tangents again, but you know, someone, why do you give that homeless person that person? You know five bucks. They're just going to go buy booze with it. And I'm like, yeah, so what? I get to go buy booze, right? I just, I had wine during the show. Why don't they deserve that too? Um, We're all just trying to get through this life. It kills me how folks are, you know, act like people who are out there standing like by the interloop asking for money. It's like they think that they think they're getting over on us right? Like they're walking away going, ha ha, off to my yacht with my fair change. And man, they've got a shitty life. And what they're doing is probably humiliating. And if it's not, it means they're so used to living like that, that they're not humiliated anymore. And I'm not mad at them. I look at the way our society is, there's, you know, there's nobody that should be like that. And so that whole concept of on that billboard, is just, you know, we're all just trying to get through this life is to help people stop and think, you know, even the person you just, you Trump lover, and how can anybody think like that? I get it. Yeah, it's frustrating to see people who think it's okay, even women who say it's okay to walk around and grab someone by the pussy or whatever. Um, But, you know, just stop for a second and think. They had to have grown up. They Something had to influence them. Nobody's born that way going, oh, grabbing pussy, Right. Um, no one's born that way. It's it's the experiences we have. And even my middle schoolers, we're doing that right now, is learning how the brain develops. And, mm. um, you know, the way we are is a result, mostly, not always, there's some genetics, but mostly as a result of our experiences. And I just think, man, they must have a shitty life. To, that's how they come up hating people like that. And,. I don't know what to do to help folks like that. Or maybe it's not my place. Maybe that's being paternalistic or something. You just got to let them love their guns and hate brown people. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know if you can help people see through that or work through that. But just understanding that we're all just trying to get through this life. And, you know, some of us do it by doing really corny podcasts and making dumb jokes and, Others do it by actually running and winning for office, <laughs> becoming <laughs> elected officials. And some do it by just taking care of their family or just doing the best they can day to day and just giving people that space to be able to just get through this life is what I would put on the billboard.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's strong. We're all just trying to get through this life. And yeah. it, it, at the end of the day, you know, they say it's a cliche. It's true. You know, be, this, be the change you want to, wait. yeah, be the change yeah. you be the change you want in this world. I'm getting tired, but be the change you want enacted in this world. And it's kind of like, you know, judging someone or trying to understand what it is like to be in their shoes. It's virtually impossible. And just trying to change them through a few words in the moment through emotion or passion, it might not work. But if we are being good to one another and being compassionate and taking care of one another, hopefully it starts to, to make changes because I don't understand it. I see a lot of people on the internet, especially being terrible to one another. And it makes me wonder who are you or, or, or why do you speak that way? But I also don't know them. I don't know how their parents talk to them. I know nothing about them, but I know that if I'm not that way, and if I don't, you know, we are talking about social, ultimately, when lots of people say one thing, people think it's okay to act that way. Not being part of that, you know, social dynamic, ultimately being a positive change is a good thing. So I'm kind of going on a tangent from what you said, but you inspired me ultimately to to be open-minded to when I see someone on the street. I've been in scenarios where Uh, ultimately I gave, I, I bought someone a garbage play Mm -hmm. five minutes later. I saw him trying to sell that garbage play and I was like, I I was better off just giving you a few dollars. I really thought you were just hungry and yes, for a garbage that I was being a nice guy.
2: You did something that it doesn't matter what they did with it. It doesn't matter.
1: And, and I had that realization in a moment where I, was in the passenger seat. A guy walked up to the driver's seat. I personally never like when someone walks up to a car, so I was very standoffish about it. Um, But my friend, she gave him about a dollar or two in change. We went into Java's. We were on a one-way, went up into Java's, got our drinks. And I just kind of had like this rise of anxiety. Like, who was this guy? Why is he asking for money? Why would you give him money? I know it wasn't that much money, but you know, you're feeding a bad thing. This gentleman comes in after us, he orders a coffee, like a small coffee, and I see him take the change and take whatever was in his pocket and put it in the tip jar. Right. And I was like, this person that I judged from the start who said, oh, I just want a cup of coffee, I'm tired, was being completely genuine. I judged him and he actually took the extra money and gave back to someone else, so it just that's just a mind blown for me. And, ben,
2: and it, we're, but we're trained that way. This, mm. this individualistic society that we have in the U.S. We're trained that way to think that you're just not working hard enough. You the the, the bootstraps cliche. It's like mm. so that you see someone who's not as well off as as you or I may be. You know, that's their fault. That's all their character and and, and all the experiences they've had. That may have been no fault of their own in the capitalist society. That has nothing to do with it. It's because they're not trying hard enough. We're trained that way from 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 being children, and so your the what your mind is doing is you're fighting the way we've been trained. And same thing. I've had the same. I still do it. I mean, when you, when back to that brain development thing. When that stuff's hardwired in as a kid, it is a you and I will be working to fight. This th- these thoughts in our head probably for the rest of our lives. It'll get easier the more mm. you do it and the more you get used to it, but that's still hardwired in and it's really hard to overcome that. And so again, don't be, I, I'm not saying you are, but I'm, for anybody out there who's in the same boat, don't beat yourself up over this. This is just work we have to do as humans to be better. I mean, that's all. It's Sometimes it sucks, sometimes, man, you know, I, I walked down the street and I saw a black person and I immediately thought, oh my God, am I safe? We were trained that way as kids. All of the black people we saw on TV growing up were the criminals, right? So when you're, when you're a kid, that you don't rationalize it. It doesn't get into your head. You don't nice. think it, but it goes into your brain. Black people are dangerous. And that's how we grew up. And so we know better now, but that instinct, the hard from as a kid, it takes work to overcome that. And again, we're human. We're just trying to get through this life. Sometimes we have bad days and we just don't, we revert back to that old stuff. Happens with me still, too. You know, bad Dave. You know, I, I'm i the worst. I'm the most harshest critic of myself than anybody else could be. So we're all in the same boat.
1: Listen, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun.
2: Oh, good. I'm glad. Me, too. I had a great time. I really appreciate you asking me to come on. It was awesome. A wonderful surprise. Not expected.
1: Dave and everyone at home, I want to do one thing before I let you go. Let me find it here. Oh, you see, Stuart Badasso. I keep saying Badasso. I don't know. It's, it's I have an accent or something.
2: Well, just because of the the joke with Stu Badasso, that's why. You know, that's all.
1: I think it's just the the New York in me or tomato, something. Tomato, tomato, but-
2: It's all good.
1: resisting stop resisting i'm not resisting don't tase me bro
2: new from hasbro it's the nerf taser get your kids ready for a militarized police with this fun wacky weapon and it's nerf a company you've trusted to train your kids for decades
1: okay your turn i don't have a gun
2: it's fun it's zany it's the nerf taser available at walmart guns and go and taserific.com <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. Share this with a friend and tell them exactly why they should listen. And don't forget to keep it groovy, baby.